This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. See how much you can save on your health care coverage with Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get a quote at fbhp.com. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith, and we are very glad to have you with us on this Saturday as the draft has wound up and the Titans have six new players added to the roster. Amy and I are pleased to be joined right now by the head coach of UT Martin, the longtime head coach, I should say, Jason Simpson. And coach, at pick number 228, the Tennessee Titans select Skyhawks wide receiver Colton Dow. What are they getting in young Mr. Dow? I tell you what, um, we are so excited for Colton. A young man we recruited out of Wilson Central High School there right outside of Nashville uh, six years ago. Um, you know, graduated um, from UT Martin over a year and a half ago. Could have left in today's time and going to the, um, you know, NCAA transfer portal, you know, was um, committed to UT Martin and loyal to the program and, you know, had over a thousand yards receiving this year, uh, you know, ran great numbers in his testing date, but more importantly, the type of person that he is, the type of family he comes from, and uh, been the head coach here going 18 years, Mike, but uh, I don't know if I've had a, you know, a better person and teammate than Colton Dowell. Coach, in your time watching Colton throughout his career at UT Martin, was there a time or a moment where you realized this kid's got potential to take his game to the next level? Yeah, there was a lot of those moments, guys. There really was from the standpoint of, you know, everybody that we played. And you're talking about a guy that's almost 6'3", that's 210-plus pounds. And it didn't matter, you know, in the OVC, you know, he, he ran past everybody. And it didn't matter if we were playing Knoxville, Boise State, uh, you know, Florida, whoever we played, you know. And so his opponents that we, you know, that we played throughout the years, he was always running past corners. And so extremely great body, uh, physical receiver, and tremendous outside speed. Jason, when you talk about his speed, what are we exactly talking about time-wise? I believe in his pro day, uh, it was 4.43, you know, with 4.43, uh, 41.5-inch vertical. Uh, what do you do? Uh, then to, um 225, I think he did 23, 24 times, uh, 40 and a half vertical, like I said, 11-1 broad jump. So, you know, tremendous athletic, but with a, you know, big, strong, durable body. Were you surprised he was not invited to the combine? Yeah, I was. You know, he was hurt a little bit last year uh, in 21. I think he went down our fifth game, um, you know, and had to miss the rest of the, the, the season. So, you know, we knew how good he was and, you know, he only played five games and made all conference, you know, in our league. So uh, a little bit, he, he certainly, you know, based on his numbers and stuff, uh, I knew he would, he would certainly represent himself well if he got that invite, but he didn't. And he's the kind of kid, he's very low maintenance. He's very great humility about himself and he'll put his head down and go to work. Now, Coach, you've talked a lot about him and his attributes on the field. I want to talk about him off the field because you keep saying this couldn't have happened to a better guy. He's he's a great kid to work with. What is it about him that makes him such a good guy? He, he's he's a great teammate. Um, he's a great friend to to his teammates. Um, you know, last weekend I, I spent the weekend with him. He was in Tuscaloosa with our, our quarterback, uh, Dresser Dresser Win, and there to see uh, my son Ty at his spring game. Uh, you know, down in Tuscaloosa. So he's just a very loyal. You know, there to support others. I remember 
Uh, Mike McIntyre's son was our receiver coach uh, in 20 season, 2021 season. And I think just about every morning at 7 a.m., Colton was in the building with uh, Jay McIntyre, you know, having a Bible study. So he's very grounded in his faith. And like I said, um, just gave our guidance in our locker room for anybody that was struggling or needed, you know, needed a friend. Um, him and his family are just, uh, just, just great, you know, just great people and very grounded. This is Jason Simpson, the head coach at UT Martin, talking about Colton Dow, the Titans' seventh-round pick, wide receiver out of UT Martin. A couple of football questions to wrap up, Coach Simpson. Number one, where does he play most comfortably in terms of lining up on the field? You know, I had a lot of NFL scouts call me, and, you know, people, different people, had, you know, had those opinions. Um, you know, early in his career here, he played inside some from the standpoint of, of uh, we have some other good receivers that are playing in the NFL now, one with Pittsburgh Steelers and one with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So early in his career, he played some inside and, um, and was able to work on safeties. But the last couple of years, Mike, you know, he's been an outside guy running verticals, running post, you know, running shallow crosses. Um, you know, to me, that's, that's what he's really good at. Special teams attributes. Where could he help the Titans in 2023 on special teams? Well, like I said, he's very willing and with the you know really good body. Like I said, he's he's big as you know some uh, bigger than most safeties, and uh, you know probably the size of some linebackers at you know two fifteen or so, whatever he's weighing. But uh, you know I, I could see him on punt team. I can see him on you know kickoff return, on punt return. Uh, very willing, long arms, and like I said, uh, you know just a great physical body. Jason Simpson, the longtime successful head football coach at UT Martin. Another big moment for you and the Skyhawks today as the Titans draft one of your guys, Colton Dow. Thank you so much for the time on the OTP. Hey, appreciate that. And matter of fact, one of our coaches is now on your staff. That's there, right. Uh, Matt Jones. So, uh, you know, we're, we've always been Titan fans here in the state of Tennessee. So now we got a chance to pull even harder for them. Thanks very much, Coach. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. All right. Jason Simpson, obviously excited about Colton Dow, 6'3", 215 out of Lebanon. This year, 67 catches for 1,036 yards and six touchdowns. In his career, 177 catches for nearly 2,800 yards, averaged nearly 16 yards a catch and 19 touchdowns. So he's got speed. I mean, you you hear what Coach Simpson was saying, and the Titans were certainly looking for a big-bodied guy with speed uh, local day, he was here, and they uh, they didn't exactly make him available. Uh, no, you didn't hear much about much about the fact that he was here. He was kind of, hmm, I mean, they didn't talk about it much. So let's wrap up day three, moving backwards. The Titans drafted three players on Saturday. We mentioned Colton Dow, wide receiver, UT Martin at number 228. They go with an offensive lineman, Jalen Duncan, at 186, Jalen Duncan has primarily been a left tackle at Maryland. Many thought he would go earlier in this draft. There were some who thought he could be a third-round pick. He was projected by most a fourth or fifth-round pick. He goes early in the sixth to the Titans. Excellent size, nearly 6'6", 306. Some questions about his consistency. Too many penalties in his career, but an incredible physical 
talent and a guy that the Titans are going to be excited to see if they can get into the rotation. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're talking depth, depth, depth at that position. Just all offseason, that's what we've been talking about. And being able to bring someone in with an incredibly high ceiling, someone that you can really coach up and mold into what the Tennessee Titans need him to be, I think is a great choice. And then Josh Wiley was the first pick of the day in the fifth round at number 147. Josh Wiley is nearly 6'7", roughly 245, 250 pounds out of Cincinnati. Really, really good athlete who caught 88 passes in his career, 86 over the last three years to be exact, and 15 touchdowns. So he knows how to get in the end zone and playing for Luke Fickle. He's had to block. Uh, the Titans, knowing that there was excellent depth in this tight end class, understanding that they would be in a position to get a guy on day three, they choose to do it, and the guy that they select is Josh Wiley. It's spelled W-H-Y-L-E, but it is pronounced Wiley. Oh, that's good. Mike, you always come through with the pronunciation. Well, we try. Yeah, we that's, try. that's what we do here on the OTP. Of course, on day one, uh, Peter Skronsky, uh in here, and, and Skaronsky is a, a big offensive lineman, and as I have described him through the interview that I did with him yesterday, um, he's an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Through and through. He acts like an offensive lineman. He walks like an offensive lineman. He talks like an offensive lineman. He's got the mentality of – he. And, and again, I'm being a bit repetitive, but I, I know everybody hasn't had a chance to hear everything we've done this weekend on Titans Radio – he is very interested in just being below the surface. He was very courteous to me. He gave a good interview. If you heard the OTP last night, you know it. But it wasn't all about me. It was. I mean, th- so you just got the sense this is a guy who's going to be ready to come to work, understanding his role and understanding the job. He is a tried and true offensive lineman he is when you think about him and you think about some of the great offensive linemen that have been with the Tennessee Titans for the most part that's what you think about that's exactly right guys who were just here kind of running below the radar doing their jobs getting it done being consistent contributing to this team but you didn't hear a whole lot from them no. That is an offensive lineman That's to me. an offensive lineman, and that's uh, exactly who this guy is. I'll talk more about what's going on uh, with the Titans draft picks as we review on this edition of the OTP. But I remind you, is it time for a Dunkin' Run, Titans fans? Yes. Is it the coffee, the $1 classic donut, the $2 stuffed bagel mini, or the $3 sausage, egg, and cheese that you can add to that coffee, or the fact that you can – actually leave the office but see if you'd left the office today you'd have missed a draft pick no put it on the radio turn on something there you go yeah rep brian on titans radio yep Uh, the answer of course is yes it's always time for a dunk and run great deals on food for one two or three dollars with a medium or larger coffee and as we always like to say america runs on duncan the titans will be running some on tajay spears tajay spears thank you you're welcome a little over 510 a little over 200 pounds, uh, a guy that had a knee problem in high school in Pancha Lucha, uh, Louisiana, and uh, injured a knee there. He gets to college. He has another knee injury. It was no secret. We certainly discussed it during our time at the Senior Bowl because he was one of the standouts at the Senior Bowl. Uh, 
Um, seeing him play against some of the best players in the country with an offensive line that he had never worked with before, he was one, maybe the most dynamic player we saw in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. He can catch it. He can run it. He takes contact. He can make people miss. I mean, he is a really, really special player, which is why the Titans took him at number 81. And many say, well, a running back. Why would I, the, This running back is somebody that you say for, for a third-round pick and a late third-round pick, mid to late, um, he is a very dynamic player that is going to help you score touchdowns. Yeah. You find a way to use a player like that. You find a, ways to add him into what you're trying to do. He does something that is so different from what the Titans currently have that you, f- you find ways to make that work. You want that guy on your football team just because having that person with that skill set makes your football team better. That's right. That's right. And so these are the stories of the weekend to this point. Again, uh, Peter Skaronsky, offensive lineman at number 11. Will Levis, quarterback at number 33. Tajay Spears, running back at number 81. Josh Wiley, tight end at number 147. Jalen Duncan, offensive tackle at 186. Colton Dow, wide receiver at 228. That is the Titans draft class for 2023. The story of the weekend, though, remains Will Levis. And when the Titans picked Will Levis last night, everything went crazy. Yes. Oh, yes. Everything went crazy across, not just in Nashville, not just amongst Titans fans, but the the whole league has been talking about this. This has not been a small moment in time. This has been... A major point of conversation, and so Mike, I say we also converse. Yeah, about I it. want to talk about it uh, because I, I think, as there's there's been a disconnect between what the ratings are in terms of a lot of the national guys think this was absolutely one of the steals of the draft. You can pick up a lot of articles by some of the best people in the business, and they're saying it's an A. It's it's an A minus. It's a I mean to get this player, a quarterback with you know six four two thirty all kinds of athleticism. We know about the arm. To get him uh, at at thirty three, you essentially gave up a, a a move back in the third round of nine spots, and then you gave up a third round pick next year. If this works. And if he ends up being your starting quarterback and he ends up being successful, then you got him at a tremendous rate in terms of salary cap for the first part of his career for a second and a third round pick. There are some people who aren't crazy about this pick, though, and some of the national pundits are chiding those people. They're saying, how can these fans not absolutely love it? And there's a bit more to it, and I – I think the context is important. I don't know that any of the national pundits will listen to the OTP. And I know there are some of you literally around the world who are wondering why there is such a hubbub. He has been a lightning rod to start with. Correct. In the whole thing. Yes. From, in, from the beginning. In the, in the whole draft process. But here, he has been a lightning rod because we're an SEC country. Yeah. And in particular... 
we're in Kentucky, Tennessee territory. Yes. And we have a lot of fans, a lot of Titans fans in the bluegrass. Obviously, the majority are in Tennessee, but probably have a few more in the bluegrass now. So we are innately connected with, with both states in a different way. I think you have to start. Uh, Mark Stoops has done a very good job as the head coach at Kentucky. They are more successful, more consistently than quite possibly any time in Wildcat history. They've had good teams over the years, but they've rarely been this solid and able to compete this consistently. I agree with that. So Wildcat fans are fired up about this. They should be. They get to talk a little smack. They get to join in. You know, they've won some big games in the SEC, so they've gotten to enjoy it. And in 2021, it was a high watermark. They start 6-0. and They end up winning 10 games. It's a really, really good season for the Wildcats. Their quarterback is the transfer from Penn State, Will Levis. He played well. Not necessarily over-the-top statistically phenomenal, but he played but well. well. But well. Yeah. He still threw 13 interceptions, but, Amy, he accounted for 33 touchdowns in a 10-win season. And they have not really had a quarterback that got them this excited since Tim Couch, who is a native of the state of Kentucky and is, is a legend in that state and always will be. So they fell in love with Will Levis in the bluegrass. Um, the fans were gushing. The media was gushing. And then he's returning for 2022. So then everybody starts the gushing to a point that you would say, did they go overboard? Well, that's subject to debate. The other 13 SEC schools would say they did. (laughs) (laughs) And the ones that would be sort of most offended by all that gushing would be the Tennessee fans. Now, here's what you need to understand about this if you don't know the backstory. Kentucky fans hate it when Tennessee fans brag about volunteer basketball. They hate it. Kentucky has massive tradition in basketball. They are one of the blue bloods, for sure. They think Tennessee basketball is fraudulent. They're complete pretenders. They they dismiss Tennessee basketball with the wave of a hand. Now, the flip of that is Tennessee football fans – hate it when Kentucky gloats about their own football success, like what has happened in recent years. They see U.K. football as completely beneath them, like miles beneath them. They don't want to hear it. So they have this tie-in. Kentucky fans do not want to hear about Tennessee basketball. Tennessee fans do not want to hear about Kentucky football. Right. Now, the two sides will actually agree on that. That Mm -hmm. may be the only thing they will agree on, but – but that is something. So let's go back to last spring and summer. Let's go back to 2022. Kentucky's coming off the 10-win season. Will Levis is the darling of the state of Kentucky. He's doing TV commercials. He's got NIL deals. Many think he's a serious Heisman candidate. UK is hyping him in every way they can, um, almost as if he's a Peyton Manning-type figure. I know. It's a lot. I I know, but they're hyping the program and the kid because 
Mark Stoops has them in a place where they've never been before. This this is a moment where they're thinking we're on the threshold. You've got to take advantage of the moment. Yeah, Tennessee fans don't like that so much. No, it, no. Other SEC fans don't too, but the Tennessee fans are are really not amused by all this. Um, it continues into October of 2022. Kentucky gets off to a 4-0 start. They go to number seven in the country. It uh, looks like it's going to be another year like 2021. But then the wheels start to fall off the wagon. Kentucky loses a couple of games. Will Levis does not play well. Finally, they come to Knoxville for the rematch of the 2021 game, which Tennessee won in Lexington 45-42, to much to the delight of all fans. Even though Kentucky had the great 10-3 and season, they didn't beat Tennessee. And so Tennessee fans... Loved that. Well, uh, Tennessee never let him get off the bus. They tortured Will Levis. He did not play well. The final score was 44-6. to It was not a close game. The score was very indicative of the game. Um, the Wildcats see all that hype that's been out there. It doesn't age well. You know, it, it never – it happens to all of us. Happens to all of us in sports. When you hype something and it doesn't work out, it doesn't age well, and so your opponents are only thrilled to remind you. And that's the nature of sports. It's kind of the fun of sports, too. Yeah. But not great if you're the team having to take it. Not fun what happens to Um, you. Will Levis doesn't play as well as he did in 2021. He didn't. And uh, opposing fans are quick to remind Kentucky fans of that over and over again. Tennessee fans are right at the top of that list. But remember, folks, this isn't new. Tennessee and Kentucky have been doing this to one another for 130 years. <laughs> I mean, so a this, tale as old as so time. this is a thing. So the draft process starts, and Will Levis has a few missteps on social media. Hendon Hooker, Tennessee's quarterback, has no missteps on social media, but because of his ACL surgery, he can't throw. So Levis, among the, between the two of them, gets way more attention. And people are talking about him being a potential top five pick, and they're gushing. Hooker is being mentioned as a player who could sneak into the first round. That doesn't make sense to some people because Hooker beat Levis twice. He has better stats. Um, there are zero questions about his personality or, or what's going on in his life, whatever. So they think... This is the way this is going to go. And then Will Levis doesn't go in the first round Thursday night. Many Tennessee fans at that point believe that Hooker could be taken ahead of him on night two. So when the Titans trade up to 33, right. many are convinced that the pick's going to be Hendon Hooker. The Titans take Will Levis. To some, it's the Kentucky hero over the Tennessee hero. Hooker goes 35 picks later to Detroit. So the Tennessee fans aren't just angry because Levis went to Kentucky. They believe, with every fiber in their being, that Hooker will be the better pro quarterback than Will Levis. To those folks, the Titans might have made a mistake. And who knows what would have happened had Hooker not had the ACL injury and the surgery on December 13th. We'll never know. But that's where we are. We'll see in about 10 years who was right. <laughs> Maybe we'll know even before that. But what you, what you have to understand 
Uh, the Titans spent a ton of time on this. They brought both players in. They went to see both players. They had private sessions with both players. And in the end, the Tennessee brass decided that at this moment in time, Will Levis is the better answer for the Tennessee Titans. That's it. Nothing else. They just made a decision. Jobs are lost over decisions like these or careers are made over decisions like these. You project which player you think is going to be the most successful in your system. You make a pick. You take a leap of faith. And here we go. And that's what happened. That's what happened. And that's why some people, national people, think this was a tremendous value pick to get a guy that they had projected in the first round at number 33 in the draft. It's also why there are people who, if you if you didn't understand that, now maybe you do, that there's, there's a thing and that there's a belief. And Hendon Hooker is an outstanding player, and he may well be an excellent NFL quarterback. So we shall see. I, I think the, the big thing to keep in mind here to me you're every person is entitled to their opinion on whether it was the perfect pick or not and eventually this discussion will be moot because we're just going to see them play in in months i mean it's not that that far yeah weeks months yeah yeah i mean some of the social media silliness about will levis he's 23 yeah yeah. He put mayonnaise in his coffee. He ate a banana without peeling it. Happens. He He's taken his picture with his shirt off. Yeah, also happens. Probably not going to do that once you're a pro quarterback. No. I wouldn't think. But, but if that's your biggest transgression. Yeah, if. if, if I mean, there are a lot of 23-year-olds that do that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't think we should be picking our. NFL quarterbacks based on how they eat their fruit. Right. That just seems, it seems like minutia to me. I un- I understand, but I think that we should, I think, I think there's more to the human, the position, the ability to do a job than the way that you eat a banana. I agree. Or take your coffee. But at the same time, you have to have awareness in this job. Correct. I mean, Kentucky's a great place. But you're not in Kentucky anymore. You're in the NFL. Yep. And so every move you make, especially as a potential face of the franchise, is going to be judged. But it doesn't make you a bad person. All Will Levis has done is graduate from two outstanding universities with near-perfect grades, make friends at both of those universities where they said excellent things about him, play good, if not great, good football at both places. I mean, he played in the Southeastern Conference. I don't know, you know, about the injury thing or the offense thing or whatever. We're going to touch on that in a minute with somebody who does know. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is he really hadn't done anything. He hasn't done anything. He didn't ask for all the hype. Maybe he liked it. Yeah. But he did. Kentucky's doing what they're going to do. Media members doing what they're going to do. All of this. I mean, Will Levis didn't ask to be sitting there in the green room and having his picture taken with his parents. And I, I guess that was his girlfriend or whomever. But the, but the bottom line is he didn't ask for that. No. And so 
I think where we've got to get with him is now that we've come to this point, he's got to be judged as a Titan. Yes. Now, again, he's got to be ready for that. But if he does a good job as a Titan, a lot of this other stuff will go in the rearview mirror. Yeah. I, I think that's correct. It's time for him to – I say it's time for him. He's been a Titan for 24 hours as we record this, essentially. Right. But this is it. This is the next step, and the next step means showing up for work, doing the work, and putting yourself in a position to make this team better in whatever capacity that ends up being. That's his job now. If he does that and he just shows up and is doing the very best he can and is working hard and is taking the coaching and is doing everything within his power to help the Tennessee Titans win football games, we can't judge him. The football criticism is legitimate. He threw too many interceptions. Even the people who really like him say as much. And so he can't get the – I mean, while you want him to come in with the chip on his shoulder because he lasted until the second round, you want him to work hard, he does have to understand that he's got to play better. He's got to play smarter. He's got to he's got to do it in a little bit different way and that you can't be you can't have a shield up to the point where you say all these people are are giving me a hard time for no reason. Right. Right. Uh, but can you think of a better group of people for a player like that with so much potential, with so much work to do, who needs to continue to learn. Can you think of a better opportunity than to be on a Mike Vrabel coaching staff? No, with Tim Kelly and Charles London. Yeah. And, I mean, he's got some people around him. Who, who will can, teach him. Who can, I, I think he's in a really good place, too. Mm-hmm. I think he's in a really, really good place for what he does well. I think they can expand on that. And I also think – they can improve him in some other areas. Uh, they've certainly improved the offensive line. You're going to see them continue to add bits and pieces in other places to improve the scheme. Uh, this is a team right now with 69 guys on the roster. They do have some cap room. Uh, the puzzle fitting together that we've talked about this whole offseason is not near being finished. Oh, no. I mean, that's the thing about the draft ending on April the 29th is there is this feeling that it's over and this is the team you go to camp with. And, I mean, I think there's a lot more to come. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm looking forward to meeting him. You've had a chance to meet him. I met him very briefly when we were in Kansas City. Um, The day before the draft, the Wednesday before the first round, uh, they had a community event. I've talked about it on the OTP. Um And had the opportunity to, after the community event was done, kind of wander around and talk to different players, do some little interviews, things like that. And I, Will Levis had had a bit of a crowd around him. And so I was able to be there and just observe for a while, watch him interact with people, and then also had the ability to ask him a question or two. Um, Thought he was very well-spoken. Thought he was incredibly thoughtful in the way that he answered his questions. I thought he was very gracious with the amount of people who were around him. And at a draft, it's not all these well-seasoned, 
have been doing this for 20 years working for The Athletic and ESPN mm-hmm. and all of it. There are a lot of local reporters who are not usually on a sports beat. There are a lot of students and kids. There were a lot of people there from the University of Missouri and other schools that have journalism programs who sent people to cover. And whether it was someone he recognized from the national media or it was a kid, he gave them the same level of attention and professionalism. I notice things like that, you know, as someone who interacts with a lot of different people. um, Well, because we've seen people at different points. You have and I have both who when the camera's on, they're nice. Yep. And when the camera's off, they're just nasty. Yeah. Yes. And that's, I mean, there are people like that. If I told you some of the names, you wouldn't believe them. Yeah. You would absolutely, you know, you would not believe them. Yeah. And. You, you, I mean, even younger guys. Well, younger guys and guys who were in that position. I mean, especially that close to draft day. Once you are one of the invited guys, as a very select group of people, sure. that group of people, every single one of those guys believes in their soul the 24 hours before the draft that they are going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft and they are going to be the man for an entire calendar year. Nobody can take that away from them. And they all believe that they're that guy. And you get a lot of guys with pretty nasty attitudes because they are the guy and they are untouchable and this is their time of their life and you can just leave my presence now. And uh, again with the names... People I have interacted with at drafts over the years who have been very not fun to deal with would blow your mind. He was not that at all. And I noticed it, I appreciated it, and I logged it away. Because to me, that's indicative of someone who understands the position that you are about to be in. Because you understand that treating people well is what you do as a pro. It's how you interact. It's how you make friends. It's how you make relationships. It's how you make money for yourself in this league is to be a decent human being. Right. Um, You can't really coach that. That's innate. And so I thought that that was, that very brief experience was very telling to me. I'm not trying to convince people one way or the other. No. Because my whole thing is you're, as a fan, you You are. You do you. You do you. You are entitled to your opinion. And, you know, that, that, is, that is totally up to you. I'm saying that he's a Titan now. Mm-hmm. They picked him. They wanted him. Mike Vrabel, who we think is one of the best of the best, wanted this guy. Yep. And so if that's what Vrabel thinks, I'm down with Vrabel because Vrabel is a special guy. Rand Carthon was down with this in spending more time with him this week. I'm impressed with what his thought process is. And so now we see. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is all about. I guess the only thing I'm saying is for whatever there is around this kid, he has caused very little of it. Right. He is. (laughs) And now, but but he's got to live up to being a pro very, very quickly because he has to understand that this is going to be part of the challenge. Right. 100%. And you know, if it's bad, it's still making you a millionaire. So how bad is it? I mean, it, it could be it could be worse. Yeah. So you've got to say this is part of this job. I've got to buckle down and go get it and show people what I am as a player and as a person. Yeah. Circle back to me in like six months. 
Right. Maybe I, there are times, and the OT people know this. There are times that I will stand on a table for a player mm-hmm. because I know them as a human being. Uh, I, I just, I will defend them to the hills. There are some players where I'm like, eh, think what you want. I don't care. See ya. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't know him. And I, I, I don't either. I know people who do, and I, you I have trust not, those. People. I have not met anybody who has had anything but good things to say about how he deals with people. Yep, one hundred percent. But circle back to me in six months. If I'm standing on a table, you'll know it. There you go. There you go. Well, this is an interesting part of the story, and I wanted to let you hear this because we had it on Titans Radio right after he was picked. His better of the two years, as we referenced was 2021. Liam Cohen was the offensive coordinator. Liam Cohen is is basically a pro guy. He left and went to the Rams as their offensive coordinator. 2022 wasn't as good for Kentucky without Liam Cohen there. Liam Cohen has actually now returned to Kentucky as the offensive coordinator. Our first call last night when the Titans picked Will Levis – was to try to get Liam Cohen on the phone. A lot of colleges do not let their assistant coaches talk. A lot of them. It's really kind of crazy and strange, and I don't get it. But okay, that's another OTP. You can't. But <laughs> Mike keep coming after SIDs on the well, OTP. Well, it's not just. I mean, it's not. It's just odd. But okay. He called us right back. Wow. He called us right back, and he gave us a very interesting interview about what things were like with Well Levis. And he started off with something that was really, really interesting about how he saw fit. Want to let you hear it on the OTP. This is Kentucky Offensive Coordinator Liam Cohen on the OTP. Let me ask you first and foremost, you you hear the news, Will Levis to the Tennessee Titans uh, you feel good about the fit just from the jump? Couldn't be happier. This has been the ideal landing spot the entire time. I mean, if you talk to Will, you talk to his, uh, you know, agents, if you, if you were to talk to me, and we were all in alignment that, yes, would have loved to go in the first round. We would have loved to go top early like that. And But this was the place. This was the place he felt the most comfortable. This was the place he felt the most believed in. And we all felt was the best fit for Will to have the most successful career moving forward. What is his best attribute? Will's best attribute physically is his arm, straight arm talent. Can make every single throw on the field. Tight windows, out cuts, in cuts, go ball. Um... He can make any throw on the field at any given time. And, by the way, he's the first one in, the last one to leave, the type of guy that's going to put everything that he has into this whole thing. Um, Just a guy that truly wants to be great. It's not like he just wants to come in and enjoy being a pro. He wants to be great, and it's been in him since he's been a little kid, and uh, all he wants to do is, is try to help this organization win football games. Coach, as players and prospects are in the draft, they're picked apart in a million different ways. How have how has Will handled all of those questions that he's had to endure about, you know, the turnovers and different yeah. things like that building up to this moment? I think he's been fantastic. I mean, Will is Will. And what I 
what we kept talking about was whoever takes Will is going to truly see him for who he is and love that about him. And he's intense. He's, you know, going to freaking be on it in terms of every meeting, every time he's talking to you, he's going to be there. He's going to be present and he's going to be in the moment. So he has been picked apart in a lot of ways and that happens so often, but he's so true to himself. I mean, the story that I talk about how at the NFL combine, his Penn state academic advisor was in the stands to watch that game. If this kid isn't an all around kid that makes an impact on people, I'm not sure that that actual situation would occur for many guys. Coach, I want to go back to something you said a moment ago about this was the best fit for him as far as with the Titans from the get-go was it did it build from the combine and did it kind of cap off or or crest at his pro day which I know that uh, the Titans were at yeah they've come up and and met with him uh before the pro day and spent a lot of time with him I mean they they did they had Will really prepare for for a meeting I mean he had to make a cut up he had to make representative clips of good, bad, ugly, pretty, and talk through it with those guys. I mean, they really invested time into the evaluation process of Will. And he felt that. He felt that evaluation. He felt that connection. And he felt the that Coach Vrabel was going to challenge him um, as a player moving forward. And, and they had some really healthy dialogue about how he can improve and, and, and at some point play from the Titans. And certainly, you know Coach Vrabel, and you know that Mike has a bit of an edge to him. Mm-hmm. It feels like that's something that Will Levis kind of actually likes. Yeah, I think it's a, a really strong match. Because um, I, I believe Coach Vrabel is a, a football coach, or he's a guy's guy, football coach, right? And understands real ones, real competitors. Now, is Will perfect? No. Is any of these guys perfect? No. But you'll go to bat with him every single day. And he's a competitor that you want. If you're going to battle, if you're going to go compete at the highest level of football, he's going to go compete at that level for you every single meeting, every single walkthrough, every single practice, every single game. i got to believe that Coach Vrabel is going to like that intensity. Coach, I don't want you to talk about, you know, who coached him last year or anything, but when you watched film of him, was there what did you see different from him in, in, the year you were with him and last year? Uh, a few things, a lack of protection and then a lack of trust. And when it comes to the protection, you lose three offensive linemen to the NFL. One's the starting center for the Jaguars. One's a fifth-round pick for the Chiefs. You lost, they lost a lot of players up front that were meaningful, took a lot of meaningful reps, right? Then, oh, by the way, you lose Wondell Robinson, Josh Ali's with the Falcons. So you have two, new, two true freshmen playing wideout. Now, those two true freshmen are going to be talented kids, but you didn't know, he didn't know last year if a curl route was going to get run at 12, 10, 8, or 14. And then, oh, by the way, he's staring down the barrel when it comes to some of the protection issues and some of the youth that had to play last year. So I think some of those things started to really uh, accumulate. And maybe he, you know, felt like he had to do too much in order to win games. But uh, I know the player he can be. And, and, and I definitely think that this is a great match. I want, to, I want to ask one more question. I'm going to let Red ask one as well. But the the story that intrigues me the most about him is he he's a graduate transfer from Penn State. He comes in, and within days, he's the guy. 
How yep. does he do that, and what was it about him that grabbed what turned out to be a good football team and made right. himself their leader? Yeah, there was eight pros or nine pros from that team. I mean, he walked in the building. He was absent from spring practice. He was graduating from Penn State. He came here at the end of May, which is our discretionary period, so you don't have to be here. June workouts start June 5th, mandatory. Well, he got here as soon as graduation at Penn State ended and got here for the whole month of May. He earned, he was going to be the starting quarterback within like the first days in May. But we just so happened to put him with like the twos and threes when he got into training camp. He won this job. He became a leader, a captain within a week of being here because of the work ethic, because of his time on task, because of the way that he went about his business, the way he carried himself and handled himself. He became a captain and a starter within a month. Coach, you've just spoken about the person that he is. Let's go back to the player that he is. Yep. You talked about a lack of protection in 2022, and it was reported that you know he had a knee, a shoulder, a toe, yep. all these things. Is that the kind of guy he is in terms of toughness and trying to just move through it and, and keep uh, helping his team? Uh, he's a warrior. I mean, 2021, I mean, we were uh, – a threat of his. I mean, an athlete, he's very athletic. He can run, rush for almost 400 yards in 2021. And so that's him. That's a weapon of his. So to not be able to do that because he had the turf toe, he had a shoulder, he had some stuff going on in 22. Well, that's a big part of his game is to be able to let him run and use his legs and be able to get an open field. So, um, but he's a warrior, man. I mean, so tough. Just all he wants to do is get out there and give it his all. Every single practice, guys, is full tilt, full tilt. There's no kind of hanging out, let me come get loose and relax. I mean, he's full tilt all the time. And it goes, it carries over into each game. The kid's so he's tough as rocks. Coach Cohen, we certainly appreciate your time and your incredible insight on the newest Tennessee Titan quarterback, Will Levis. Thanks for joining us on Titans Radio. Congratulations, guys. This is awesome, man. Really happy for this kid. Liam Cohen, who is the offensive coordinator at Kentucky, kind enough to join us on the OTP. As we, uh, as we continue this wrap-up of the draft, remind you that through Monday, through Monday, Miles Auto Spa is offering Titan season ticket members 50% off Miles gift cards. The gift cards don't expire, and they work at all locations. They can be used for all services, including detailing. Whoa. You know, I have an old Nissan truck. Yes. Johnny, as I call him. <laughs> the truck? The truck has a name. That's cute. Well, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Johnny was kind of grimy. So I got the M6 package. I wanted to have it, to and it's like it's a new truck. Really? Yes. Oh, that's what I need. Yes. Oh, you would love it. And yeah. if you buy a gift card, you can get, like, if you pay the price, if you pay half of what the M6 costs, you would get the M6 detailing and for half price because as a Titan season ticket member, you get 50% off gift cards. Wow. So I might go do that. Miles Auto Spa, every location. And again, the gift cards don't expire 50% off for Titan season ticket members. So Liam Cohen uh, took the time to talk with us. And um, now we're getting ready to see these rookies. Uh, the undrafteds will sign. Again, caution on the whole undrafted thing. 
and it, and this happened again last year. There were reports in various places that guys had agreed to terms with us, and then they ended up signing somewhere else. Until they sign, they are not here. Now, over 90% of the reports will be correct about the undrafted free agents that agree to terms with certain teams. But there will always be one or two that so-and-so will get a better deal somewhere else. Or the team will say, you know, we just found, you know, we, we never did that. There was confusion on that somehow. Uh, we talked to the guy, but we didn't offer him a contract. And, I mean, this can be sketchy. They're not Titans until the Titans say That's they're Titans. They're not Titans until the Titans say they're Titans or the Rams say they're Rams or so on and so forth. Different teams do that at different times. The Titans generally don't make an announcement until the rookie minicamp time, and the rookies are scheduled to report Thursday, May the 11th. Yeah, so just hold your hoist. So keep up with the names, mm-hmm. follow the names, enjoy all of the, the revelry, and, you know, the Titans probably going to bring in several undrafteds. Yeah, and they it's will a fun be, time. Well, they will be attractive for undrafteds because, like I said, right now, with only six draft picks and less than 70 guys on the roster, a couple of undrafteds have a great shot. Maybe four or five have a great shot to make this team. Yeah, and that's a good – I mean, a lot of this time where they are trying to get the undrafteds and are having those conversations, I mean, a lot of it is making a sales pitch almost. You're recruiting guys to come and be a part of your organization and because some guys have multiple teams that they're having conversations with and you're trying to – you know, get the best guys that you can possibly get to be Tennessee Titans and come in and work out for this team and um, try to earn a spot. And when you have jobs to be had, that's a big selling point. There are actually tangible ways that you can make this ball club just by the numbers. There you go. Hey, one more thing we need to tell you. SeatGeek is now the official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans. That's right. The deal is finalized, and SeatGeek is the newest member of the Titans family. If you haven't heard the name yet, get used to it. Seat Geek, because you'll be hearing it a lot more this season. Whether you're buying or selling tickets to Titans games or any other live event in Nashville, Seat Geek is the place to do it. Seat Geek, the new official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans, so Titans fans can fan. Fan up. Fan up, everybody. Fan up. Yes. Mike, final thoughts? Uh, fascinating week, fascinating weekend. Um, Titans went after a quarterback, which I didn't know if they would do that. Um, they got Skaronsky, who looks better and better as you as you sort of not only put on the tape, but you see where he was projected so many different places. I think not every team got a true first-round pick in terms of talent. The Titans did get a true first-round pick. Uh, day three filled needs with Wiley, the tight end, Dow, the wide receiver, and then in the offensive line to get Duncan, who, like I said, he was seen as a three or four in terms of the round he was supposed to go to get him in the sixth. Um, He's got a chance to contend for a spot among that eight or nine in the offensive line room, but maybe even contend for playing time. Those are all good final thoughts. Your final thoughts. I'm sad it's over. You know, the whole process. I love the pre-draft process leading up to the draft. Once we get to this past weekend, love having new Titans come on board. Really excited about what's to come for this team, starting up OTAs, the off-season program, all of the things that 
get guys out on the field a little bit. But there's something really fun about about all of the buildup, you know, all the hype, all the meetings, the rumors, all the. We've been working on it for over three months. All the funny little things you hear on Twitter that sometimes aren't so funny. Um, just all the the excitement and anticipation. The it's t- like Christmas is over. The TV ratings for day one and then the ratings in terms of aco- across all platforms, uh, phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, just phenomenal. To think that the NFL draft does better TV numbers than other sports playoff games. And there is not even a football <laughs> at the NFL draft. Nope. Not even the ball that we play the game with. It's not present. And yet, something that is, is basically like a primetime football soap opera. And it is. Mm-hmm. I That's mean, exactly and, what it and, is. And, you know, the Titans' second-round draft pick, Will Levis, was the focus of, of the whole thing. He was... He was seen with all this pub coming in, and, I mean, you know, when he didn't get picked, he was on camera 27 times, which I, you know, I don't think was... Totally necessary. No, but I, but that that's the storyline of what this is, and, and I guess the that's... the drama. That, and that's what I'm saying about the whole Levis thing, period, is whether it's fair or not, whether it's right or not, that's the life, and that's what he's going to have to come in and be ready to handle in a mature way before he even turns 24. I don't know if that's fair, but that's going to be part of this job and part of his path to success if he's going to have it in the NFL. Bright lights, big city, Bright boy. lights, big city. It's time. Let's ride. It's time. And, and for all these guys. Mm-hmm. Did a great job in Kansas City. Ashley Farrell did a great job in Kansas City. Thanks for doing that. It was fun. Um, want to thank Brad Hopkins for helping our draft coverage want to thank Ramon Foster for helping our draft coverage. Dave McGinnis and Rhett Bryan were fantastic. And then Brent Hubbs added so much on Friday night. I mean, that was a totally different broadcast than we've ever had. And with all of the Levis stuff going on and the fact that he covers the SEC and he covers Tennessee and he covers Levis, there was a real there was a real different perspective because our broadcast turned into a talk show about Will Levis mm-hmm. due to the fact that the Titans jumped up to pick a quarterback who was such a big story. You couldn't ignore it. And, you know, we got people on the air. We got Tim Couch on the air. We got Cole Kublik on the air from uh, from the SEC Network and ESPN. You heard earlier we got uh, Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator from Kentucky. I mean, it's a totally different draft than we've ever done. I hope people thought it was interesting because we were trying to talk about the things you were most interested in. You did a great job. Well, thank you. We tried. It was very entertaining. And now it's, I mean, it, it, it's certainly going to be a fascinating May. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a fun May. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what. And hopefully we'll have the schedule in less than two weeks. That's what we're hoping. Oh, man. I didn't even remember the schedule is well, so that's close. Nice. Yeah. Because I've workouts are just around the corner and i'm starting to feel football yeah here we go oh man for amy wells i'm mike keith thanking farm bureau health plans and thanking you the ot people for listening to the sixth straight day of an ot podcast